Hey, good evening. Uh, we're doing uh, week 11 of the uh, Upper Room Discourse. Uh, my name is James. I'm so glad you could be here. Uh, we are going to cover verse 16, or John chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. I'm just making a little note here to myself. Uh, I can't believe we've been through 11 weeks let me grab my other phone. Actually, where is my... Oh, there it is. This is some really good material. If you've missed any of the weeks, I suggest you go back and and check it out. Um, let's see here. Hmm. Oh shoot, I missed a had a call from Pennsylvania, so I'm I'm trying to reach out to some of the these groups that are part of the confessing church movement within um the, the Presbyterians, the uh, Methodists uh, I'm very much influenced by the writings of Diedrich Bonhoeffer and uh, Karl Barth. And we will bring that um, stuff, especially from the book The Cost of Discipleship, into the next series, which I'm, I'm, so, I'm very excited about. Because to me, the Sermon on the Mount is the most... I should say it is it is the greatest sermon ever given. Period. Um, and of course, it was given to us by Jesus. So, but we still have an entire chapter on the upper room discourse to cover, and so let's get to it. I'm gonna open up my little Jakarta Bible app, which uh, if you don't have a, a Bible app on your phone. I, I've had the Takarta app for, oh gosh, ever since I've had a smartphone. Um, and the great thing about it is, is that even though I've had different phones, I've been able to log in and keep the different versions of the Bible that I have on this on, on the app. So... I've got several different versions. I tend to prefer the uh, New King James just because I'm a little old-fashioned, but uh, the New Living Translation is pretty good if you want something that's more modern. Um, I've been told by several people that the ESV is probably the most accurate translation out there. So, let me set this back down, and we will get underway here. John chapter 16, starting in verse 1. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he, is offering, that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you 
that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So, there's a lot to cover there. Um, I find it interesting that I'm reading a biography on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and you know the Nazis thought that they were doing the right thing by purging Germany of the weak and the undesirable, and how perverted and sick do you have to be to think that killing Jews and killing people who have developmental disabilities, and they even threw people who were gay into the concentration camps. And, and I am not a proponent of same-sex marriage, but Killing people in concentration camps is not okay. And unfortunately, the people in the first century who were Christians had to suffer the same fate. To be killed in the... Um, in front of large crowds killed by lions and and it was done as sport it was oh mind me I'm getting something to drink you know to be taken to the Colosseum and forced to fight against soldiers who have been trained to kill you know and this was considered fun others were burned at the stake and they were killed because of their faith and the truth is what Jesus said in verse 3. They do these things because they don't know the Father. 
and they don't know Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that I, I want to be a martyr. I'm not saying that I want to have stuff like this to happen to me. But as a follower of Christ, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared in our heart to go all in. And that to love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we put put that love above everything and anyone else. And will people uh, not like there will be some people that will not like you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. It's just the way it is. Now, if anybody can read the room, if anybody knew what his followers were thinking, it was Jesus. Now, that's why there's a shift there in verse 5 and then into verse 6. He says, well, now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? And then verse 6 he says, but because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. You know, they've been with him for three years. You know, Jesus didn't just show up and then a week later go to Jerusalem and die on the cross. He spent time with them for a reason, and that was to prepare them to go out into the world and to spread the gospel. And in fact, everyone there, well, Judas killed himself, but of the all the rest of the his of the apostles died a martyr's death except for John. In fact, they tried to kill John and failed. And because they failed, they exiled him to the island of Patmos. And it was on the island of Patmos that John wrote the book of Revelation. That's where he had that vision that he wrote down. And we now have the book of Revelation. Some other time, not not now, obviously, but some other time, look at the beginning of Revelation. It says that he's, he was on the island of Patmos. But so Jesus, you know, he, he stops and wants to give them an encouraging word. And he tells them, you know, if I don't go away, if I don't leave here, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, is not going to come to you. But when I leave, I will send him to you. Now, I mentioned this in the video. I want to talk about it more here. Because after Pentecost, the fact that the Holy Spirit indwells in every single believer around the world... That's far better than for them to just 
have Jesus in one location in one place. So the power of God is moving around the world in believers by the Holy Spirit. And we've got roughly, according to some census, two million, two billion believers, or at least people that are professing to be followers of Jesus Christ. Now, understand, Jesus also said, "Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven." You have to make a personal profession of faith where you personally ask for forgiveness of sins and repent of your sins and turn to Him and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Now, here's the thing verse 8 through 10, you know. The Holy Spirit does three things. It says here that he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So, now why does he convict the world of sin? Well, in verse 9 it says it's because they do not believe in me. Now, a lot of people have different standards of what good and bad is. I want you to think about that. There's a movement in not just America, but around the world called relativism. You know, I even had a guy tell me today that um, he lives by one standard and that is to do good to all people and he's, he's an atheist it's like okay well if I had more time to talk to him I would have said by what standard do you call things good and who Am I, or who are you as a human being, that we get to decide what is good and what is bad? We don't have that authority. And that's, that's where people get a little confused, because they think that, well, human beings wrote the Bible, and or human beings can decide what is good and what is bad. No, human beings were used by God to write the Bible. The author of the scriptures is the Holy Spirit. This book is, is God's book, not ours. We do not get to decide what is good and what is bad. We do not have that authority. So the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin.
excuse me, we cannot live by the notion that whatever feels good is what we should do. That's a mindset from the 1960s. <laughs> people said, you know, whatever feels good, just do it. If it makes you happy, it's like, no, that's that's not it. Um, it says, you know, of sin, of righteousness, verse 10, it says, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. You know what? Here in my notes from uh, John Wesley's commentary, it says, Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, which the Spirit will testify, though ye do not then see me, but I could not go to him if I were not righteous. Hmm. Interesting. In the third one, it says, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I, I find it fascinating that Satan is behind so many dastardly deeds and then blames God for, for when good people die and when good bad stuff happens. You know, where was God when... That tower fell in Florida. It's like, you're the one behind it. You know, where was God on 9-11 when those people flew into the World Trade Center? It's like, Satan was the one behind those that took the plane hostage. It is Satan who deludes and deceives people with false religions. God didn't do that. When there's a, there's a terrible storm and a town is devastated because of a tornado or you know when New Orleans was ransacked by Hurricane Katrina. That wasn't God that did that. that. That was the enemy. That's that's his MO. That is his method of working in this world. See, so will cause devastation and destruction and then where's God? If God's such a good God, where why did he allow that to happen? That's all from Satan. All of it. And he will continue to do evil until one day when God shuts it all down and says, enough. When Jesus will reign, he will have a thousand year kingdom thousand year reign on the earth and then he will bring everything into judgment 
So, I, I love how Jesus um, foretells what's going to happen in the future. He says, I have, in verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Remember, after he rose from the dead, he spent 40 days with them. Jesus knew he had to prepare his followers for the day, for the day that he would leave. Verse 13, he says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I, I just... I, I mentioned this in the video, and I want to mention this again here, because I, I was taught at a very liberal seminary. And there's so many people that want to deconstruct the Bible, and that all comes from people like Rudolf Bultmann, and it's like, well, this couldn't have happened because, you know, this kind of miracle doesn't really happen, and this couldn't have happened, and and the the, fo the followers of Jesus they just kind of exaggerated a little bit here, and. And it's just the arrogance that some people have that they think that they can vote with their little marble, colored marbles and it's like, well, we think this happened or we're pretty sure this happened or we're sure this didn't happen. Look up the Jesus Seminar. You'll be amazed at just the arrogance of these people. Because the, the truth is, the Holy Spirit is the one that guided the apostles. Peter and Paul, John, that wrote down letters which later became books of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the one that guided them. He is the author of the scriptures. And by the way, when it comes to prophecy, look at the end of verse 13. It says, Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. True prophetic words come from God. And are guided by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, since the same Holy Spirit wrote the Bible... Anybody who claims to have a prophetic word, if, if it doesn't match up with Scripture, it's not a real prophetic word, and it's not from God. And by the way, anybody claiming to have a prophetic word, most anytime I've ever received a prophetic word, it's usually been to confirm something that God's already told me. 
Last time I saw a, somebody who claimed to have a prophetic gift, he basically told me that I had a, a teaching gift. I was like, okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. He didn't, he, he didn't tell me anything new. He didn't tell me anything different. Even my ex-wife has told me that I have a gift for teaching. And I definitely don't think she has a prophetic gift. Lastly, verses 14 and 15, he says, He will glorify me, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Remember, the, the, it, here's the Trinity working together. It says, All things that the Father has are mine, therefore what? Therefore, I said, He will take of mine and declare it to you. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together, all three there in one verse. That's pretty cool. Now, let's see. I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm thinking what will happen is next week I will cover verses 16 to 24. And then the following week I will cover... Yeah, that makes sense. I'll cover verses 25 to... Um, verse 33. So, two more weeks and um, and then we're good. So, it's kind of weird. I got a text from a family member, so I need to answer that. Um, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, to those faithful few who have been listening every week, um, God willing, I really think once when we do the series on the upper, on the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to have more listeners. I think a lot of more p people will be interested. So until then, I hope you have a great week. Please continue to pray for me in this ministry and the direction we're going in. Um, and until then, like I said, I hope you have a great week. I love you guys. Bye.